Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature, they'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal is not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. You know, attention to detail is critical when you own your own business, so use LegalZoom.com for the legal details. Now, their network of independent attorneys licensed in 48 states, well, they know local laws and can provide answers to your legal questions. LegalZoom.com is not a law firm, so you won't pay by the hour. Just use Hannity One when you check out and save even more. LegalZoom.com. Why did the Republican establishment people want Donald Trump to fail? I think the answer is probably obvious. He probably touched on it the other night when he spoke and he said uh, that, uh, you know what, there's this whole there is this establishment. I never realized until this election cycle, and I I actually should apologize for it, how deeply entrenched this establishment is. I've known about the incestuous relationship between members of Congress and the Senate and the media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I always felt and thought and believed that there were people that, and there are, that that always cared and wanted to do the right thing by the country. You know, these very Republicans that are so weak and timid and spineless when it comes to taking on or stopping the Obama agenda, they don't want to get blamed for a government shutdown. Oh, no, it'll hurt our chances. So they back down. So they have symbolic votes on health care that mean nothing. They do nothing to use the power of the purse to actually put some teeth and some real work behind what it is they're voting for. You know, they make promises every election cycle. They back down. There's no inspiring agenda. Hasn't been forever. We keep hearing it's coming out. Paul Ryan supposedly releasing it today. What I saw didn't really inspire me that much. And apparently now Paul Ryan is going to go back on Face the Nation this Sunday and regurgitate the line that I think Trump's comments about the judge were racist. That's why I disavowed them to completely. Well, I, you know, I'm trying to go back and do some research here because we have Obama on tape in his own book 
saying white folks' greed runs a world in need. I, I wonder if somebody will ask Paul Ryan if he ever spoke out about that. Did he think that's racist? Did he think hanging out in the church of GD America and America's chickens have come home to roost and black liberation theology, of which Obama, Obama said he was inspired? And, of course, he talked about his grandmother, the typical white person that she is. The point I was making was not that my grandmother uh, harbors uh, any racial yeah. animosity. She doesn't. She doesn't. But she is a uh, typical white person typical. who, if she mm-hmm. sees somebody on the street yeah. that she doesn't know, you know, there's a reaction that's been bred into typical. Uh, all white people are like that, that don't go away. Well, all white people are like typical white person. White folks greed runs a world in need. He said that also on his audio tape. He went and he hung out in the Church of GD America, inspired by black liberation theology. I, I don't remember, I don't recall Paul Ryan or any Republican that is now so critical of Donald Trump. I don't recall any of these people ever going after, in the same tone, cadence, you know, against, against Barack Obama. Or go, even going after, they didn't want to touch the whole Bill Ayers, Bernadine Dorn thing. I had to go out there on a limb all by myself for the most part for a long time. There were others that, that did also join in, but it was few and far between. They certainly weren't elected officials. And I wonder if you ever criticized Joe Biden's Indian accent comment. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. To fully, I'm not joking. It's like they want Trump to lose. I'm getting to the point my patience here is running very, very thin. I don't have any tolerance for this anymore. You know, the frustration is, all right, he could have backed anybody he wanted for this nomination. There were 17 people. And so here it is. Donald Trump sets a record, a massive record by millions of votes in terms of a Republican primary. The will of the people. And one of the reasons I would argue the people want an outsider is because, well, people in Congress are pathetically weak and timid and did nothing to stop the Obama agenda. And as a result, the country has suffered and is suffering tremendously. You know, median income is down. One in five American households have nobody working. One in six American men are incarcerated or out of work. Student loan debt has gone up nearly 70%, $1.3 trillion in the Obama years. The labor force participation rate is now at a 40-year low because there are no, they, don't get in, they don't get included in the unemployment figures, by the way. You want to talk about shadow unemployment? That's gone up dramatically in the Obama years, just like 13 million more Americans on food stamps and 10 million more Americans in poverty and just like millions more out of the labor force. There are 14 million more Americans out of the workforce, no, nearly 15 million, since he came into office. And nobody see, but it doesn't get reflected. Gross domestic product. He's the first president to produce an annual GDP that did not produce an annual GDP of 3% or better. It's unbelievable. And by the way, Obama recorded Hillary's endorsement today. It almost sounds to me like a hostage video. Now, maybe, you're, maybe you'll hear it differently than I hear it, because he doesn't sound too enthusiastic. Listen. I want to congratulate Hillary Clinton 
on making history as the presumptive Democratic nominee for President of the United States. Look, I know how hard this job can be. That's why I know Hillary will be so good at it. In fact, I don't think there's ever been someone so qualified to hold this office. She's got the courage, the compassion, and the heart to get the job done. And I say that as somebody who had to debate her more than 20 times. Even after our own hard-fought campaign, in a testament to her character, she agreed to serve our country as Secretary of State. And from the decision we made in the Situation Room to get bin Laden, to our pursuit of diplomacy and capitals around the world, I have seen her judgment. I've seen her toughness. I've seen her commitment to our values up close. I've seen her determination to give every American a fair shot at opportunity, no matter how tough the fight was. That's what has always driven her, and it still does. So I want those of you who've been with me from the beginning of this incredible journey to be the first to know that I'm with her. I am fired up, and I cannot wait to get out there and campaign. I for am fired up. I can't wait to get out and campaign. Yes, is that what you want me to say? Okay, did I read it okay? Good, done. Let's get rid of that one. And here's a little known fact. Nobody's telling you the truth. Hillary Clinton did not reach the magic number of 2,383 delegates to win the nomination. As of yesterday, she was about 198 short. The only reason they're saying she's the presumptive nominee is because the Democrats have a rigged system. Because of the superdelegates, 571 for her and 48 for Bernie Sanders. Now, if I'm Bernie Sanders, I feel like I got ripped off, that the system is rigged, that it's phony. It's unbelievable. Now, Sanders met with Obama today, and this was before the hostage video was released. And he said and declared that he's still in the race and he will be in the primary in D.C. next Tuesday. And he said he wants to see if the final vote count in California shows a tighter result. Here's some facts that we do know is that Hillary Clinton has received 1.5 million fewer votes in 2016 than in 2008. By the way, Donald Trump shattered by nearly a million and a half, if not more, uh, when the final numbers come in. He has a million and a half more Republican primary voters than any other Republican candidate in history. Now, Hillary had 1.5 million fewer votes than she had in 2008. Democrats overall are down 7 million votes from 2008, and Republicans have shattered records, even though this, you know, how many contests ago did everyone else get out of the race? And you can't dismiss that Bernie Sanders won won, 22 states or so. It's a pretty incredible thing. Even Elizabeth Warren is speaking out against it. Looks like Elizabeth is emerging. We're going to have two socialists at the top of the ticket, two. It's going to be Hillary and Elizabeth. Or as Trump calls her, Pocahontas, because she did claim Indian heritage, which apparently was not true. So she got, I guess, special treatment at Harvard. That's how they that's how they identified her. Well, I do have one 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 90th of this particular. Everybody's mocking her because it wasn't true. So we're going to watch very closely. By the way, do you hear the DNC platform executive saying nobody should have a gun? kind of following on the heels of Hillary Clinton's statement about she wouldn't confirm that the Second Amendment entitles people, the right of the people, to keep and bear arms. 
think that's going to be a pretty big issue. How about being pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, and saying that you're going to pick conservative justices? Is that enough to get you to vote for Trump over Hillary? What about building the wall? Is that enough? What about adding repealing Obamacare? Is that enough? What about adding energy independence? Would that help your vote? What about VA and rebuilding our Veterans Administration so these guys get the promises we made them? Or rebuilding our Mer- America's military, which Trump has promised to do, and Hillary no doubt would gut. You know, the president bragging about Hillary. I noticed he didn't mention that Hillary apparently was involved from the beginning with this Iranian deal. He didn't mention what happened in Benghazi in the disaster of Libya. He, he didn't mention that she helped pave the way for ISIS and a literal disintegration of everything in the Middle East. You know, on these emails, we now found out the AP has reported that Hillary Clinton's emails may have very well compromised the names of CIA operatives. Well, I thought this was a big deal for Democrats when the operative's name, who turned out not to be an operative, was Valerie Plame. And then it was a big deal. Now it means nothing. And the FBI is asking to make new secret filings in the Clinton email case in a request which came as part of the Freedom of Information Act. The Justice Department offered for the FBI to provide, quote, additional details about how it conducted a search of records as part of the open records case and determined that there were no records responsive. Well, we should find out more what that means over time. By the way, Hillary did admit, you know, she keeps making little mistakes. It was just an oversight. If I had it to do over again, I never would have set up the private server. Now she admits in one or two cases that, you know, it might have slipped through the cracks on the whole Clinton Foundation disclosure. Did you know that this Laureate College got 55, I didn't know this the other day when I said it, million dollars that the State Department funded? Well, remember, Bill Clinton was the chancellor of Laureate University, which, by the way, has been, you know, debunked as this phony money scheme. I have the Rio lawmaker that did the investigation, says it was corrupt. We have students quoted as saying they had no business even ever being accepted. We have other people that have called this program now and complained they've been ripped off. Bill Clinton was the chancellor. He got $16.5 million between 2010 and 2014 to be the chancellor of Laureate International Universities. Apparently, a lot of people in poor Latin American countries feel that they were taken advantage of by Laureate University while he worked as their pitchman. You know, the State Department funneled $55 million to Laureate when she was Secretary of State. Well, that sounds like a quid pro quo. That sounds like a kickback scam any way you want to read it. Slick Willie. I'll get into more details about that as we continue on today. Not so much coming up in the course of the program. Sanders saying that he's sticking in. Obama trying to talk him into getting out. That's not working out too well. And Hillary still didn't get the number of pledged delegates that she needed from the voters in the Democratic Party. And she was facing one person, a 74-year-old angry, bitter, disheveled, curmudgeon socialist from Vermont. And she couldn't get the number of delegates herself, which is unbelievable. Anyway, Pat Buchanan is going to weigh in on the circular firing squad of the growing now within the Republican Party, apparently led by Paul Ryan. Maybe it's time to just start a new and get a new speaker. I don't know. Maybe it's time to get new congressmen if they're not going to support who the people choose for their party. Maybe we can go there. 
Also, we're going to get into uh, the hostage video of Obama with Kellyanne Conway and Chris Hahn. And what is Bernie Sanders? If I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter, I'm saying no way am I ever voting for Hillary Clinton. Not in a million years am I voting for Hillary Clinton because I got ripped off. The system's rigged and they stole the nomination and the fix was in from the get go. I wouldn't vote for her. They'll either stay home or they can go vote for Trump. So we'll get to that today. And you're going to meet the father. Remember the kid? I've been showing the video all week. This poor kid in San Jose that was chased by a mob, got tackled on the grass by one of the mob members. Anyway, his father is going to join us. If I was him, I'd sue the city of San Jose for the dopey mayor. The woman that got hit with the egg in the face, she's now calling for the mayor of San Jose to resign. You need to take control of your family and assets. Now, it sounds like common sense, but too many people procrastinate instead of getting an estate plan before it's too late. Now, with LegalZoom.com, there's no reason to put it off any longer. Now, you don't have to figure out on your own whether you need a will or a living trust and what's best for you. Instead, you work with an independent attorney now available in 48 states. Now, they'll walk you through your options and recommend an estate plan that offers the best solution to fit your needs. And since LegalZoom is not a law firm, well, you can count on efficiency and value. Everything is on your schedule, your terms, plus you know what your estate plan bundle costs up front instead of worrying about high hourly rates. Now, that's how LegalZoom has become the leader in helping families with their legal needs. You get the legal help, and you walk away feeling great about it. So don't leave the most important decisions that you can make in the hands of other people. Take control of your family's future with an estate plan bundle at LegalZoom.com today. Just use Hannity One when you check out and save even more. LegalZoom.com. So real clear politics. I can't figure out why they did the math the way they did it. But they add the final vote totals. Now, as I was just mentioning, if you look at Hillary Clinton, she got a million and a half fewer votes in 2016 than in 2008. And Democrats are down 7 million votes from 2008. A, a dramatic decline in enthusiasm. Now, according to Real Clear Politics, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, they got 27.7 million votes. Trump, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, John Kasich beat them by 700,000. 28.4 million to 27.7 million. Now, here's what I'm trying to figure out. Why didn't Real Clear Politics include the votes of Ben Carson and Jeb Bush and Governor Perry and Governor Chris Christie? And, you know, Ben Carson alone got 800,000 votes, which brings the GOP margin of victory to 1.5 million votes. If the, ele- if the actual election results, you know, were these totals, Donald Trump would defeat Hillary. So I'm just trying to figure out where the media bias is coming from. Um, now, I want to just go back to something that I'm I'm kind of proud of the fact because many of you heard about Laureate University because of this program. And uh, there were other people like Ross Story and, and some others that that picked up on it. I think the American thinker uh, before anybody else. But you got to give kudos. There are some that actually have some integrity out there. Stephen Hayward, he blogs for Powerline. And uh, especially the liberal Democratic law professor, Jonathan Turley, a Georgetown University law professor. I've mentioned him before. I praised him for his intellectual independence and his fearlessness, you know, to speak truth to power. And 
Anyway, I mentioned Hayward because over at PowerlineBlog.com, uh, he links to a piece that was written by Professor Turley that was entitled The Clinton University Problem, Laureate Education Lawsuits Presents a Problem for the Clintons. Now, I want to quote the first paragraph of Turley's piece. He says, while largely ignored by the media, well, not by us here, the Clintons have their own university scandal. Donald Trump has been rightfully criticized and sued over his defunct Trump University. I don't know why when 98% of the students gave excellent grades to the Trump University, it wasn't really a university, it was like a course on, mostly it was courses on things like, you know, how to deal in real estate, etc. But anyway, he goes on to say there is ample support in the case of Trump. However, the national media has been accused of again sidestepping a scandal involving the Clintons that involves the same type of fraud allegations. The scandal involves the dubious laureate education for-profit college and entails many of the common elements with other Clinton scandals. Huge sums of money given to the Clintons and questions of conflict of interest with Hillary Clinton during her tenure as Secretary of State. Now, these there are distinctions to, to draw between the two stories, but the virtual radio silence on the Clinton laureate story is surprising. Now, the only thing I would disagree with Jonathan Turley on, it's not surprising to me. I doubt it's surprising to most of you. You know, the fact that the New York Times does a hit piece on Donald Trump about women and the women all come to his defense and say that they were purposely taken out of context and they ignore Kathleen Willey and Dolly Kyle and Juanita Broderick and and Paula Jones. That's not a surprise. So it's not a surprise to me. The rest of what he says, I think, needs to be paid attention to. We have now had a number of students that feel they were defrauded by this Laureate University. For example, you know, for background, Laureate Education has been sued over programs like at Walden University Online, and many have alleged a scam designed to bilk students of tens of thousands of dollars for degrees, and students say they were repeatedly delayed and given added costs as they tried to secure their degrees, leaving them deeply in debt. And then Turley writes, the respected Inside Higher Education reported that Laureate Education paid Bill Clinton an obscene $16.5 million between 2010 and 2014 to serve as the honorary chancellor for Laureate International Universities, while Bill Clinton worked as the group's pitchman. Well, the State Department, under his wife, Hillary Clinton, funneled $55 million to the college. Well, that would seem like a major story, but no mainstream media outlet has reported it, while hundreds of thousands of or hundreds of stories have been written on Trump. And then Turley concludes, he says, as an academic I find both Trump University and Laureate to be deeply troubling stories, yet only one has been pursued by the media to any significant degree. I'm not suggesting that Laureate is a, is, as a whole is fraudulent. Moreover, there are distinctions that can be drawn, etc. However, the money given to the Clintons, the involvement of the State Department, and the claims of fraud make this an obviously significant story in my view. Well, you think? I mean, that's not hard to figure out. She was Secretary of State. The State Department funneled $55 million to Laureate College. You know, it's all part of the same old, same old when it comes to the Clintons. It started when she was First Lady, and she turned $1,000 into $100,000 in commodity futures, you know, and received improper financial assistance on the trades from the top lawyer at Tyson's Food, 
which at the time was the nation's biggest poultry company. The lawyer, James Blair, was a close Clinton confidant. Blair advised the Clintons to get the cattle futures market. And during Clinton's tenure as governor, Tyson benefited from several state decisions, including $9 million in state loans. They haven't changed their stripes. And in the fall of 94, a paper for the Journal of Economics and Finance, economists from the University of North Florida and Auburn University investigated the odds of gaining a hundred-fold return in cattle futures markets during that period in question and using a model that was stated to give the hypothetical investor the benefit of the doubt, they concluded the odds of any such return were at best one in 31 trillion, not million, trillion. Now, this is, you know, this is it. This is the Clinton's public lives. They have gotten rich. They have aggrandized themselves using their public fame and notoriety. They have used such crossover. They, they have no ethical lines when it comes to crossover, taking money from countries that have abysmal human rights records for women and elsewhere. And I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's just the latest example of a double standard. And we're going to do more on this Laureate University because I know the media won't do it. So I guess it's my job to do it. Anyway, let's get to our busy telephones here. Uh, let's say hi to Scott is in Wake Forest, North Carolina. Do you go to the school there, Scott? How are you? I know. So my question is, you just mentioned uh, a little while ago about Bernie being cheated by a rigged system. Why doesn't he sue the Democratic Party over the superdelegate? I don't know what the lawsuit would be. I mean, this is like a, a private entity in many ways, isn't it? I mean, well, in America, the, you can sue anyone for any reason. Does it have to be a good reason? I think he's got a really good reason. Well, I'm not sure if you have a legal leg to stand on, is my point. In other words, it's like the Republican Party is a a group of people that set their own rules. I didn't like some of the rules in the Republican Party. I think they should reevaluate after this election. I think they should get rid of convention states. I know Colorado's already switched back, but I think the idea that states can have primaries or caucuses is fine. They can have proportional distribution. That's fine. They can have winner-take-all. That's fine. But I think there's got to be standards because it's a national party and states should have a little bit of autonomy as well. But the superdelegate is where it's really rigged. And if Bernie did sue the Democratic Party, he could subpoena the superdelegates for deposition and start questioning them. Like, did Hillary give you any money? Did you prom- are you promised an ambassadorship? Are you promised a cabinet position? Of course, they're going to deny everything, right? But what happens if she did win and starts appointing these people? Then they're on record. They've, they've perjured themselves. Well, look, I think he knew getting into the system, everyone can argue, and Ted Cruz supporters, for example, argued for a long time, the rules are the rules are the rules are the rules. I don't have any problem with that. And yes, everybody knew what the rules were. But with that said, especially in the Democratic Party, the rules are rigged. All right, 800-941-SEAN is on number. Drew in Kentucky. Drew, hi, how are you? Glad you called. How's it going, Sean? I'm good. How are you? Good. First time uh, caller, long time listener. Uh, thank uh, you for your call. I appreciate it. Thanks for being with us. Thank you, sir. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, uh, I believe it was the Ninth District Court of Appeals in California today ruled against the Second Amendment, and I've seen zero coverage of it on the news. I didn't see it today, to be perfectly blunt with you. I've been so immersed in politics and uh, yeah, other issues. I've been so busy with a million things today. But I will say this. We know Hillary gave the answer the other day where she couldn't outright defend the right of people to keep and bear arms and affirm it. Uh, she seemed to want to go with a nuanced definition of what represents a militia. Well, the militia, as defined by our government, is the people. That's the whole people. 
uh, all of our framers and founders, all of them in some capacity, stood with the right of people to keep and to bear arms. You know, the fact that they would torture the definition or parse the definition is, is Clinton-esque to the max. But um, the answer to your question is I know she s- supports the assault weapon ban. Nobody even knows. Most people have no idea. If you're not a gun owner or a gun enthusiast like I am, you don't even know what an assault weapon is. And the difference oftentimes between what they define it as an assault weapon and another type of rifle is purely cosmetic more than anything else. So, you know, we did have the DNC guy with the, the case you're talking about, the, the court affirmed the district court's judgments that there is no Second Amendment right for members of the general public to carry concealed firearms in public. Well, if I'm living in Chicago, where all the violence is, and I have a family, I want the right to carry a weapon. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. In this particular case, the one I think you're talking about is, you know, these were people in San Diego. They sought a concealed carry permit for self-defense, alleged they were denied licenses to do so because they didn't uh, satisfy the good cause requirements. Well, I can tell you, in New York, I have to show cause to keep my pistol permit, my carry permit. Now, it just so happens, being in the job I'm in, I get death threats far more often than you'll ever hear me talk about. So it shouldn't be denied me. And frankly, I don't think it should be denied anybody that is law-abiding. Oh, Hannity, you want the wild, wild west. No, I actually don't want the wild west. What I really want is anybody that, you know, people ask me all the time because they hear me say I've been a marksman since I'm, what, 11 or 12 years old. And they ask me all the time, what weapon? Hey, what should I get? What do you think? What would you get? And I said, it doesn't matter. Just get a weapon that you're fully trained in and especially, you know, take some safety courses. Make sure you have the ability to protect that weapon at home if you have young children and things like that. All right, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. And let us say hi to Tina is in Florida. Hi, Tina. How are you? Glad you called. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? I have an odd theory. I think that Obama has Hillary exactly where he wants her because, number one, he can dite her anytime he wants to. He bought a house in Washington. He's all out there campaigning. I think he just wants his agenda done where he can still be the president behind the scenes. Well, there was an exchange today with Josh Earnest that he was insisting that the hostage video, and we'll show it tonight on Hannity, you know, the president's endorsement of Hillary is not going to sway the ongoing FBI investigation. Well, he's already done that by saying she did nothing wrong, didn't compromise security, and he said that without any knowledge or facts, just like he did in the Cambridge police incident with the police acting stupidly, just like he did in Ferguson and just like he did in the Trayvon Martin case. So, you know, I'm not sure. And then apparently the president met with the attorney general, you know, sometime thereafter, about three, about, well, 20 minutes ago. Maybe they're still meeting. Who knows? I just think he's great as a manipulator. <laughs> well, listen, you know, that's the I, way we see it. You know, he's just uh, his uh, Islamic sympathy is more than what I think that people are saying. And really, we're all scared. I Listen, to me, it's very, very simple. I know exactly what this woman is going to do if she's president. I was not wrong about Obama, and I'm not wrong about her. It is the continuation of all the crap and garbage that we've had the last eight years. 
will have the same predictable, depressing results. That's the choice America faces. Uh, let's go to Dave in New Jersey, listening to the all-new AM710 WOR. What's up, Dave? Uh, we got a minute. It's all yours. Hey, Sean. I just want to let you know, you know, when Obama was running during his first two elections, only you guys in talk show radio brought up the fact that he was associated with Bill Harris, hung out with guys, you know, GD America. Yep. And I think the mainstream media was scared to death to bring that up. However, and what's even worse, so are Republicans. But now they're attacking so Trump. Exactly. Yeah, the same now ones attacking Trump, Trump. Now with Trump running, I think he will not be scared of Hillary at all. He will go after her viciously, and the media will have nothing to do but cover it and begin to listen. And maybe, probably a good three, four, uh, 30, 40 million Americans will hear what she's really about because Nobody knows what she's really about, and he will expose that. Listen, especially because social media. Now, I know social media is upsetting to a lot of people because, you know, social media can be pretty harsh, especially reading comments about myself sometimes. I don't recognize the people they're talking about, but you do have the ability now. You know, as, as Trump once said, I, I can send out a tweet or an Instagram post or a Facebook post, and I'm getting more people looking at that than if it's a front-page, top-fold New York Times story. And he's right. The world of media has changed. And, and frankly, for the better, because we the people have more control. I gave a variant of my speech to a variety of different groups, most often to groups of women lawyers or to groups, most particularly, of young Latino lawyers and students. As my speech made clear in one of the quotes that you reference, I was trying to inspire them to believe that their life experiences would enrich the legal system because different life experiences and backgrounds always do. I don't think that there is a quarrel with that in our society. Life experience enriches the legal system is what uh, Justice uh, Sotomayor said, and she also referred to herself as a wise Latina and speaking to women and, and young Latino students numerous times. Anyway, there's a column out today, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, by the way. Glad you're with us. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, Patrick J. Buchanan, the Donald and the La Raza judge is the headline. Mr. Uh, Mr. Outsider himself, insurgency candidate himself, Patrick J. Buchanan. How are you, sir? Doing fine, Sean. How's it going? Good. You're right. Before the lynching of the Donald proceeds, what exactly was it he said about the Hispanic judge? Answer your own question. Well, he said uh, two things. First, he said, with some justification, given the decisions of the judge, I think the judge has given me the shaft, and he's on the side of the Washington Post in his decisions. And this may be because the judge is an Hispanic, a Mexican-American, and because of what I've said, a lot of these folks are very angry at me, and he may be biased against me for that reason. It sounds what like his name is wrong with stating his belief, his opinion. Well, it almost tracks with, in my opinion, except in a little bit different way, what Judge uh, Sotomayor was saying, that life experience you know, and background enriches the legal system. Sure. As I write in there, Sean, look, I was writing editorials when Lyndon Johnson stepped up 
and appointed Thurgood Marshall to the Supreme Court. It was very controversial, but there's no question about it. The fact that Thurgood Marshall was the former head of the NAACP, a, a black man who had been deeply involved in the civil rights movement, who had experienced Baltimore, he was being put on the court for the very reason they wanted that perspective there. And there was nothing wrong with that, and everybody realized that was his objective. You know, I understand, and I've gone through great pains to to separate this La Raza legal organization in San Diego, of which this judge is a part of, and, and the national La Raza organization that believes in Aztlan and that the southwestern United States really should go back to Mexico. But the La Raza lawyer group does link to the national La Raza group that does have the extreme views. Is that relevant? Sure, and where is the head of the National La Raza Group, Cecilia Munez, is in the White House, for heaven's sakes. (laughs) Well, I think there's a bigger problem, though, for Donald Trump, and that is that there is a lot of evidence out there now that especially the establishment people, Paul Ryan is rushing to the microphones, it seems, every day to criticize Trump, and the people like Lindsey Graham, and then you have John Kasich, and you have Ted Cruz. They're not saying whether they'll support him, even though they all made a pledge that they'd support the nominee. Uh, you're getting tepid support from Marco Rubio. And it seems to me that there's a lot of anger and a lot of bitterness that Trump actually won the support of a record number of people in the Republican primary. And there seems to be a, a sabotage of his candidacy by Republicans. Well there, well, there does, Sean. And we are very much a critical moment here. Uh, Trump won this thing massively, the largest turnout ever, the largest number of votes, the largest share of votes. And it was astonishing more than the Democrats. And there is the potential here, if we can bring together the populist, nationalist conservatives with the, con- with the other conservatives, the Tea Party types, and even bring the establishment together, we can win the presidency of the United States, have the Supreme Court for the next four years, maybe ten, have both houses of Congress. But if we do not get together and, and, rip, and we rip ourselves apart, we're going to lose that opportunity. And in my view, the, the, the Republicans who were defeated, they've got to ask themselves, why are the Washington Post and all these people demanding that on moral grounds they repudiate Trump? Because if they all walk away or they go some third-party route... They can sink him and sink themselves, and the people advising them to do this have never had the interests of conservatism or republicanism republicanism at heart ever. You know, I think what is resonating the most is Donald Trump is connecting with people that have been disenfranchised. You know, when one in five American families don't have a single family member in the workforce and one in six young men, 18 to 34, are either incarcerated or out of work, and you double the national debt, and he talks about American first in terms of economics, American first in terms of uh, energy policy, American first in terms of homeland security and national security, and we can't be the world's policemen because eventually these wars get politicized anyway, Pat. You know, I, 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 how many more times are we going to send young men to fight and die and only to have, you know, victory that they fought so hard for taken back from them because it's through the prism of Washington, D.C. Well, I think that uh, I think you're exactly right. And then the question comes, is is Trump merely a, a last gasp of the past or does he represent the future? And, John, if you take a look at America, as you mentioned, he brought out millions and millions of people who don't come out. They come out for reasons 
of economic patriotism, put America first, bring the factories home, bring the jobs home, stop exporting them, no more lousy trade deals, no more sending these young guys to win wars and then pulling them out and having the wars lost. I think he represents the future, and one reason I do, his ideas, rough-hewn as he is, is you take a look at Europe, and all across Europe, movements are rising up, some of them very rough, etc., but they're saying, look, we're being invaded from across the Mediterranean. Millions and tens of millions of people, refugees are fleeing. The whole character of our continent and our civilization are at, at, on the table. And I think, the, I think Trump represents the, you know, the Western Hemisphere part of this movement. But, you know, the people that are you're talking about him now, Ryan and these folks, are really talking from yesterday. They remind me of the Rockefeller, Romney, Scranton Republicans, all of whom were going to take a walk on Goldwater on moral grounds because he, he won't equate the John Birch Society with the Communist Party. You know, I look at, keep going through the, the Trump agenda, and that's based on so many interviews that I've had with him. And it's a pretty simple agenda. He wants to get our economy under control and stop spending and end baseline budgeting. I've asked him a hundred times. He wants to replace Obamacare with health savings accounts. He wants to expand coal and fracking and drilling and nuclear power in America. He wants education back to the states. He wants to uh, eliminate Common Core. He wants immigration. He wants to fix the VA. He wants to build up the military so it'll serve as a deterrence once again. I, I don't know any one of those positions that are not conservative. Uh, I mean, he may say some of these things differently, but that's the bottom line of what he's doing. He also talks about, I know something you've talked about for years, you and I were on different sides of the Iraq war. You know, I didn't have a, a I didn't have a, a crystal ball if I, if I had known that Obama would take back and give back Ramadi and Fallujah and Tikrit and Mosul to ISIS, I wouldn't have supported it either, Pat. I mean, it's well, a- I, you know, I think you're right. Take the uh, take the um, the issue that you raise there of energy and the rest of it. I mean, all of us want to preserve the environment. It's a magnificent environment God has given this country and people. And He said, clean air and clean water and all the rest. But what He is saying is. We ought to exploit our resources that also have been given to us by God for the benefit of the American people, our economic independence, our economic sovereignty, while preserving the environment as long as we go. The other side, in my judgment, many on the left, they have raised the environment, environmentalism to a religion that, you, you know, you cannot, they would not drill a... They would not dig any coal or drill for oil. They'd get rid of all the uh, the resources that come out of the ground. We'd have windmills on everything. Hey, we didn't we didn't make a tax against ISIS, Pat, for fear of what the environmental damage would be. Well, you know, <laughs> but you know, well, this is one thing that bothers me. Take a, Sean, the really bothersome thing is I understand the liberals, but the Republicans are morally intimidated by the establishment in Washington, and they're told get up there on their high horse and denounce him for making a comment that he Pat, thinks that judge this might is, be out to get him. Pat, they're they fighting They're fighting Trump harder than they ever, ever fought the Obama agenda. Now, they're doing it at a time where a poll came out yesterday where Donald Trump is tied dead even, 44-44 in Pennsylvania against Hillary. How many Republican uh, presidential candidates in recent uh, uh, cycles have put uh, Pennsylvania in play. He's up. He's up by one point in Florida in the poll that came out yesterday. He actually is in play in a place like Michigan and Wisconsin and Ohio. He's winning by four in Ohio. And I'm trying to think, what's wrong with these people? They must want to lose because they're doing everything they can do to damage him. Well, look, you're right. We haven't won Pennsylvania or Michigan since 1988. 
But I do believe this. The Republican establishment has bought in to the whole open borders idea. And the American people have said in as many ways as they can, no amnesty, period, and secure the border. And, and so the, the establishment has not moved on that. On trade, there's no question about it that economic patriotism or economic nationalism is surging. NAFTA is a dirty word in Ohio and Michigan. And a lot of these Republicans got right up there with Bill Clinton, Jimmy Baker, right up there on the stage with him, working for him. The Bush is all behind it. That has changed. Also, excuse me, but the, the neocons, global new world order and world democracy and ending tyranny in our world, the country's saying, look, unless our vital interests, unless America's vital interests or vital allies are imperiled, Let's be hesitant to send American troops to fight and die for it. But, but I think there's even a bigger reason than that, Pat. I mean, we can use both Vietnam and Iraq as examples. How many times are we going to start wars, politicize wars, pull out and lose wars after so much blood, sweat, tears, the financial well, you know, treasure to, and, no, and, and the national the treasure? I understand he made going up to Baghdad. In the in the Gulf War, I mean, the, in the uh, yeah, I remember in the war, and he said, you know, tell me how this thing ends. They, no. they hadn't looked at it. We're all going to get rid of Saddam Hussein. We're going to hang him. We're going to take Baghdad, tear his statues down, put together our government in there. Pat, if we're when not we committed, that? We, listen, we better rethink how we fight wars because I can't look these these mothers and fathers that lost their sons in the eye anymore, and I can't look at these kids that had their legs blown off by an IED because they didn't have an up-armored uh, Humvee that were going door-to-door -door in Iraq. We better rebuild the military so we don't have to send soldiers in, that wars, will, future wars will be fought from a distance, and that we can win them that way, because otherwise we know what's going to happen, that the, the war will become politicized by the left, it'll, create, it, it'll, it'll hit a critical mass, and then we'll leave without winning, because that's the way we now do it. And I don't think a war like that is ever worth fighting again. I, I, you know, I agree with you. And I think, I mean, we look at the Middle East, there's, I mean, when you see, look at all those countries that being breaking up, breaking apart religiously, culturally, ethnically, and the rest of it, and, and the idea that we can, you know, democratize that and turn it into a new view, you know, a new version of Kansas is just ridiculous. And so I think that I think Trump understands and realizes this. And also, look, I'm not against his idea that, look, Putin's a tough customer. Sean, I've sat down <laughs> shaking hands and had dinner when I was with Nixon with some of the biggest murderers of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. You have to. By the way, who were the murderers you sat and had dinner with? That's a that, that's a leave-us-hanging answer. Well, you take a look at some of the Chinese communists. We were there right during the middle of the Cultural Revolution wow. with Chiang Jing and the rest of them, and 1.5 million people died in that decade, which wasn't quite as bad as the Great Leap Forward of the 50s. But no. there was Nixon with Mao Zedong. Unbelievable, right? I mean, what is you know, But the, look, there's a danger, too. I mean, America's lack of involvement is also equally dangerous because, uh, let's be honest here, the world's a dangerous place. If the Iranians get nukes, the North Koreans already have the nukes if isis get a, gets a hold of nuclear weapons which they might at some point you know we've got a, a a clear and present danger for the entire world and you want to talk about a scary period of time kids will be practicing getting under their desks and then some well there's no doubt that if one's most mature right now is the 
North Korean program, and yep. they have they have tested. Yeah, thank you, Bill Clinton, by the way. And they're testing missiles, and they're I think they're a good ways away from marrying a, uh, a nuclear warhead and a missile and something that could reach the United States. But there's no doubt that's the direction they're moving in. And frankly, when Trump said, you know, and look, if if they do that, I can tell you, South Korea and Japan, they're not going to need our permission if they if they are looking down the gun barrel at a nuclear armed North Korea, they're going to have a, a ballistic missile defense. My guess is with nuclear warheads on the ballistic missile defense. All right, Pat Buchanan, always love having you. Let's see how suicidal, let's see how long this circular firing squad remains in existence. Hopefully some of these Republicans will stand down at some point. I think they seem to be. I think they realize it's all been... Well, we'll see. Who do you like for VP? Real quick. One name. (laughs) I I think the winter book on Nude has not improved in the last... No, I don't think... If it's Nude or Condi, who would you choose? Uh, you know, that's a choice. Between... <laughs> All right, you're not get it. Get... No, I'll, no, no. I'll leave you I'm be. I'm not there. I'm not there I with got the it. interventionists. <laughs> All right. I want to congratulate Hillary Clinton on making history as the presumptive Democratic nominee for President of the United States. Look, I know how hard this job can be. That's why I know Hillary will be so good at it. In fact, I don't think there's ever been someone so qualified to hold this office. She's got the courage, the compassion, and the heart to get the job done. And I say that as somebody who had to debate her more than 20 times. Even after our own hard-fought campaign, in a testament to her character, she agreed to serve our country as Secretary of State. And from the decision we made in the Situation Room to get bin Laden, to our pursuit of diplomacy and capitals around the world, I have seen her judgment. I've seen her toughness. I've seen her commitment to our values up close. I've seen her determination to give every American a fair shot at opportunity, no matter how tough the fight was. That's what has always driven her, and it still does. So I want those of you who've been with me from the beginning of this incredible journey to be the first to know that I'm with her. I am fired up, and I cannot wait to get out there and campaign for Hillary. Wow, he sounds fired up, doesn't he? Anyway, news roundup, information overload hour on the Sean Hannity show. That sounds so enthusiastic. It looks like a hostage video. Looks like he was forced to say everything that he said in the video. I've never heard a least a less enthusiastic endorsement than that endorsement. I'm with her. Are you with her? I'm with her, kind of, sort of. If she doesn't get arrested, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, now, what do you do if you're a Bernie Sanders supporter? All right, so Hillary falls short of get by 198 delegates of actually, in other words, elected real delegates of actually getting the nomination. So the only way Hillary gets the nomination is she has 571 of these super delegates to Bernie Sanders' 48. So the fix was in. Now Bernie Sanders is saying the Democratic National Convention will be a contested convention. You got Obama now trying to do his best to. Bridge the gap between Bernie supporters and Hillary supporters. Bernie Sanders says he's going to fight on. But uh, even Elizabeth Warren said the superdelegate system was corrupt. Joining us now to shed some light on all of this is Kellyanne Conway, founder, president of the polling company. Chris Hahn, the host of the ever-growing Chris Hahn Show, now with two big affiliates. And, Absolutely. And, and now expanded edition. Now it's two hours a week. Which is pretty well, amazing. It's four, it's four hours a week now, Sean. Oh, four replays. hours a week. Okay, if you count the oh, I have to count the if I count my replays. Well, then that's huge. I mean, that's massive. Huge. 
It's huge. All right. Uh, so, Kellyanne, here's the funny thing in all of this. It didn't sound very enthusiastic to me. I know he's. Uh, if I'm a Bernie Sanders supporter, I feel ripped off. I feel like this was stolen from me. I think it's rigged. I think it's corrupt. I think that Hillary was given the nomination. She didn't win the nomination. And, you know, even with with all of this bad press that Donald Trump has had, he's still ended up tied yesterday in Pennsylvania. And he ended up by one point ahead in Florida in spite of a week of horrible press. Well, that's all right. And if you're a Bernie Sanders voter today, I think you're fired up, Sean. You are more resolved than ever to make sure your voice is heard, to make sure that what they, what they perceive to be the, the Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton failures and disappointments and inadequacies for these liberal progressives. This guy ran on, he's going to close Guantanamo Bay, he's going to get out of all the wars, he's going to uh, reform health care in a way that every American does better and, and likes it. None of that, of course, has been true. And I think what's really important here is let's just do the numbers. You have 22 states possibly in counting that Hillary Clinton has lost to Bernie Sanders. That ain't nothing. Those, some of those weren't squeakers. She has failed to capture a majority of millennial men or women in her own party. And, and thirdly, as you say, Bernie Sanders has amassed a huge number of delegates, over 10 million votes and counting. If you're the Democratic nominee and you're the Democratic president, you simply can't turn your back on 10 million voters across 22 Victoria states and say, your voice doesn't matter, fall in line. And I just want to say one last thing. She cannot blame the vast right-wing conspiracy, and neither can our friend Chris Hahn. This all happened in her own Democratic Party. Four years ago in June, she had a drop out of the race to Barack Obama, who today admitted she was more qualified than he was, and she he said, I laughed when I saw it, she's the most qualified person to ever run for this office. That's funny. Uh, and secondly, it took her until June this time become the nominee. So, you know, I think you raise a good point here. Now, here's also, let me add to your statistics. As I pointed out, she fell 198 pledge delegates short. I don't know whose phone is acting up here. 198 pledge delegates short. Bernie won 22 states, and he won a lot of them decisively. If you look at the actual votes, Hillary got 1.5 million fewer votes in 2016 than she did in 08, and then she was the presumptive nominee, too. She was the consensus nominee, or so we thought. Democratic voting altogether is down 7 million votes. And meanwhile, Donald Trump, in a field of 16, of 17 people originally, he shattered every Republican record we've ever had in a primary. Now, you got to look at those numbers. There certainly seems to be a lack of enthusiasm, Chris, on, on your side. And, and with all the Bernie supporters feeling angry that this was rigged, I don't know if that bodes well for her in the end. Well, look, I think we're, we're at the point in the primary where everybody's got to heal. The primary's over. Hillary did better than President Obama did, and we all know how that turned out. She's running against a very divisive opponent. Whoa, that I think yeah, a lot whoa, of whoa, whoa, whoa. Did better than, what are you talking about, did better than Obama? Her lead over Bernie Sanders is bigger than Obama's lead was over her, as far as it doesn't matter. Uh, well, wait a minute. Well, but you're down 7 million votes than right. what you had in 08, so that is certainly a decline in enthusiasm. Well, absolutely, absolutely, but you still got 3 million more votes than Donald Trump did in the primary, so let's be clear about that. Okay, Donald and Trump has had it wrapped more, up, you know, 14 states ago. So, you know what, people didn't feel as compelled to go out to vote anymore. You know, I, I think that... And uh, even still, so, Donald Trump set a record in terms of any Republican nominee, and, and that includes it, it, George Bush. And it's sad that that's the record when the Democratic Party was it's not way sad, off the it's record. It's not sad, it's exciting. And still, the Democratic, there were more people voting in the Democratic primary. 
So for Bernie Sanders, because he was in there. Well, <laughs> they were yeah, there were two exciting candidates. There were two exciting candidates in the Democratic exciting? primary. There was one exciting candidate in the Republican Party, but that exciting candidate is going to destroy the Republican Party now. It, the division in the Republican Party is what you should be worried about. The Democrats have plenty of time to come together. See, Donald Sean, Trump this looked is like he brought them together, but now it's starting to look like when, when the Speaker of the House... question about the Democrats, and he said the word Republican and Trump ten times. They are physiologically incapable of answering a question about their own party without mentioning ours. Now, now let me go to what happened today. So, President Obama invited uh, the crazy 74-year-old angry curmudgeon uh, socialist to the White House today. And anyway, he declared that he is staying in the race until next Tuesday's District of Columbia primary. And he said he wants to see the final vote count in California. And he said he's also planning to go forward with a big rally in D.C. Thursday night. And he said he is competing to the very end. And he had also stated that the Democratic National Convention would be a contested convention. Do you imagine he stays in, Chris? No, I don't. I think in, in the next two weeks he'll be out, out, completely out. Okay. What do you think, and, Kellyanne? Okay. Well, but that's fine. But what's taken so long, Chris? What's taken for this unified? If you're going to try to tell us the false premise that your party is unified, why is it June, the second week of June, the president just got around to endorsing someone who he today described as, quote, the most qualified person to ever run for this office? That's untrue. That's spin, but let's just say if he believes it, what the heck took so long? Same thing with Sanders. This idea that she's not going to be able, the scripted, statist person who's not resilient and not nimble is now going to have to pivot to a general election. She has been the presumptive nominee of the Democratic Party for eight years, and she's, and she's just getting there now. That doesn't she, bode well for the, look, for the fall. You know what? She's, there, she's been the presumptive nominee of the party since Monday night. Okay, so I know you guys well, and I love you both. And I know you're really excited that there's a little bit of division in the Democratic Party, but it's not going to last. Between now and September and now and the, and, the, and the convention in July, everything is going to be done. And by September, nobody's going to remember this week and next week and the week after. Everybody's going to know in the Democratic Party, all of the progressive movement will be marching in the same direction, and we're going to get Hillary Clinton elected president of the United States. But one of the problems you are having, and I'll throw this to Kellyanne, is Kellyanne is that all of these Bernie supporters, I think, rightly feel that they have been betrayed, that the system is rigged, that it's corrupt. And I don't I see either many of them staying home or in the end, I see many of them actually moving over to Donald Trump because they agree with Trump on trade and, and some other issues. Uh, Kellyanne, don't you agree that that's a big problem for them? It's a big problem because there are some similarities on substance and policy between the Sanders and the Trump voters, to say nothing of their entire uh, existence this year as candidates outside the system, legitimately able to rail against the rigged, corrupt system that benefits insiders. And, Sean, I can tell you, Republicans can just basically run all of their ads against Hillary Clinton this fall using Bernie Sanders' own comments. That's a fact, Chris. You may not like it, but for the... Well, in fairness, the Democrats will use, like, Paul Ryan's comments as well. So, well, I mean, they may, but he's, but he's saying that his party's unified. And, and, and we're going to take Bernie Sanders' comments. Bernie Sanders seems to have internalized and memorized Clinton Cash, Peter Schweitzer's great book, which is now a film. Everybody's a required viewing, in my, in my view. And it's Bernie Sanders who, just with this just very week, uh, referred to the Clinton Global Initiative, their foundation is, quote, corrupt. Those are, her, those are his words. That is not a unified party. You know, Marco Rubio called him a con man. Paul Ryan called him a racist. 
there's a million things that we could use against Donald Trump. But they both Trump, endorse him, and Bernie hasn't. He's in until next Tuesday at least. Ber- Bernie's going to endorse her. It's going to be fine. And I don't know that the endorsements of Donald Trump are going to stick if he keeps going down the path he's going. Is there any policy issue that you think she's she's actually going to talk about? Can we break some news on Sean's program and actually talk about a policy issue that Hillary Clinton wants to talk about that that doesn't involve the word Trump? Why don't we talk about any policy issue in this campaign? Because we really haven't. You know, the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton has strong policies towards uh, towards health, towards education, towards income inequality. There's lots of things. Yeah, but those are bumper stickers. I Listen, we know who Donald Trump half million dollars in 92 speeches. She gives them for free now, Chris, and nobody wants to listen to her. You know, well, she's, get, she's getting, you know what? It doesn't really matter how, who shows up, right? It matters who votes. Well, I think what, the, I, but I think this is going to be a classic. Let me throw this to Kellyanne. Compare and contrast and choice election. In other words, we know who Trump's going to pick for judges. We know his pledge on the military and the VA. We know he'll say radical Islamic terrorist. We know he'll build the wall. He will repeal Obamacare. He'll move towards energy independence. You know, he'll send education back to the states. We know where he stands on trade deals versus Hillary. Um, on all of those issues, they are diametrically opposed, and all of them impact the bottom line, which is one in five American families don't have a single family member working. We've doubled our national debt. It's going to come down to jobs and the economy. Better than any economy no in the world. Well, I- it will come down to a couple other things. Jobs and the economy, I think it will come down to security, Sean, which is like everyday affordability, financial security, job security but also small as Social Security. You see, you've got Republican Senate candidates now running ads about opiate use. It's a scourge in our suburbs and elsewhere. And it's also national security and border security. It's right. like Hillary Clinton's waiting around for the next ISIS attack. She wouldn't even call the Boko well, let me ask you this. terrorist. What are we to expect as it relates to the FBI primary, Kellyanne? I yeah, mean, that's hello? an unknown. They're not exactly unified, are they? And again, Sean, are they the vast right-wing conspiracy, or was it the IG of the State Department of the Obama administration over which Hillary Clinton herself presided for four years? You see, this is a problem for the left. They cannot blame the vast right-wing conspiracy this time. Her own party members, her own voters, her own Senator Sanders, and Barack Obama until today, now this FBI investigation, is standing in her way. All right. You know, I could think of about 10 things that would be better for you to fantasize about than the uh, than the FBI. Uh, Me too, but this is a family uh, show. You know, exactly. I mean, you know, fantasize all you want. I know that that, you know, helps you go to sleep at night, Sean, but it's not going to happen. Well, the reality is you don't know that. And the reality I absolutely is, do. well, how do you know that, Chris? Because there was no crime. There was no law broken. We have a rule in this con- in our Constitution uh, actually, against post-facto no, laws. I've gone to jail for less. And, but I want to beat her. Fa- I want to beat her on the. I, I want to beat her as a candidate, Sean. She doesn't have well, to. Well, you go better to jail. get a new candidate, then, Kellyanne, because this man is going to destroy the Republican Party. You think and so? I think what are you, you know so worried about then? I'm not. I'm not worried at all. Why aren't you guys I'm on vacation? Not. Why is Hillary so worried? Why is she screaming all the time? She looks worried to me. She didn't scream on t- on Tuesday night, and he she was, was screaming her head off. I mean, I thought he was very low energy. I don't know what happened to him today. Did they do something to him to keep him so low energy? They're he reminded me of Donald Jeff Trump, Bush. Sean. You heard it here. They cannot answer a question. I asked him four times, is she, what's she going to do with Obamacare? It's a disaster. Americans don't like it. And he, and he talks about Donald Trump. It's kind of weird. Oh, do you have a crush look, on him? She's, she, uh, I have a little crush on him. Uh, at least, uh, you, have a man, you have a man crush yeah, on I, Donald I, I Trump? Have a, I, I have a crush right, on say, listen, 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 listen. Well, save your man crush for your show, okay? We're going to move on on this show and stay substantive. All right. Thank you both for being with thank us. Thank you. Kellyanne and the ever popular Chris Hahn show now expanded to two full hours and now three affiliates. They're throwing things at the guy who has a Trump shirt on. Oh, he just got knocked in the back of the head. He just got punched in the face. 
and now they're rushing him. Now they're knocking him to the ground, and you're watching as this Trump supporter is hit over. kicking this person in another area of this protest I'm seeing a, a make America great again hat lit on fire that's not uncommon either after these rallies that we see these people who have Trump things on. Donald Trump. U.S. imperialism. All right, there you hear a lot of the uh, protesters as we have been watching and viewing and hearing and the violence that has been taking place now all across the country. Now, in this particular case, there was a number of videos we've been highlighting. One was this woman that was surrounded by a mob with with Mexican flags in her face and then literally at point-blank range throwing an egg at her head. I mean, she showed incredible poise and and grace under fire. Then, of course, we have the video of the kid in the yellow shirt that got cold cocked from behind and his ear and the back of his head was bleeding. Then, of course, there's this young man who's in a red shirt, had a Donald Trump hat on. They took his hat and then a mob literally chased him all the way around a whole perimeter where the event had taken place. Eventually, he was tackled by by one of these these mob members he gets up and smartly runs again, considering, you know, one guy can't take on a, a mob. And uh, it's pretty unbelievable Two have been arrested for the San Jose attacks on the teen uh, Trump supporter, this kid in the red shirt. And joining us now is Craig Parsons. He is the father of this teen who was assaulted at last week's San Jose rally. Uh, first of all, how is your son doing? Oh, he's doing well. Yeah. Um, I got to give him a lot of credit because I, I, I train in martial arts. And, and I'm a big believer in Sun Tzu as well, the art of war. And uh, your son did the smartest thing he could do, and that was run away from a mob because there's no way that one person can take on 60 people like that, and he would have had his brains beaten in. And I give him a lot of credit for having the wisdom. Even after he was tackled, he got back up, and he kept running, and he kept himself safe. But I felt bad watching him have to do this in America. Uh, absolutely, Sean. I'm, I'm very proud of him for that. Um, you know, he shouldn't have to run for his life in America. That's just crazy. Yeah, I um, mean, I don't know if I was his age, I would have handled it the same way or not. So I'm, I'm very proud of him and impressed by him myself. No, listen, you need to tell him that he did the right thing. I would tell my son to do the exact same thing. And my son also trains in martial arts. You know, there's a time to fight, but it's got to be even a somewhat fair fight. Fighting a mob is a guaranteed loss. You're not going to win. Yeah. For sure. And, and, I, and I have, and we will again. Yeah. Now, did he sustain any injuries when he was tackled at that at that moment on the grass? Well, actually, when he was tackled, he got hit by a cone. But before that, the guy cold caught him twice in the head. He gets hit once, and I think my son doesn't even realize he was hit. I think he, I mean, he knows he was hit, but I don't think he realized he was punched. He thought he just got hit, you know, elbow in the back of the head or something. And then yeah. he walks away, and then he gets hit again by the same guy. Um, and that's when he starts to run away because he knows he's just going to get keep getting pummeled. Yeah, I know. And everyone that got hit that I saw always is getting hit from behind. They're getting cold cocked. You know, they get a cheap shot, you know, where somebody you just stand there talking, they just take a punch, you know, sort of like a free shot. All right, so two people have been arrested specifically related to your son's case? Uh, yes, they have. 
Okay. Are you going to press charges? Both, uh, high school students, as far as I can tell. Are you going to press charges? Uh, yes. I would press charges. Absolutely. Now, I, I, I want to say, I mean, I feel bad for these kids making a making a, a lapse in judgment, but, I mean, there's consequences for your action, whether it's a lapse in judgment on this or anything else that people might do. Well, there's two, there's two uh, things know, that could happen. Price. Look, I, I'm just putting myself in, in your shoes. How old is your son? He's uh, 15. Okay, my son's a little older than your son. If, if the family of those kids contacted me and they made a sincere apology and would somehow offer to do some type of community service and take a course on, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's an anti-mob violence course, I might, I might consider lifting the charges. But unless and until that happens, no way. Absolutely. And, and, and I've thought about this over the last few days myself. And I was happy with that until I saw the look on that kid's face after he hit my son and started chasing him down. I mean, there's just pure hatred in his face. And honestly, I yeah. mean, he would have to do a lot of public speaking against this for me to believe he was sincere about it at all. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I, I, I don't know if a mob mentality took over. I'm not making excuses. There's no justification for what happened to your son. Now, at one point when we aired the video, your son seemed to stop when a fire truck pulled up. What happened? Yeah, he, he, he ran to the fire truck. You can see him trying to grab the, the side of the fire truck, and they basically just rolled the windows, honked the horn, and kept moving. And I mean, my father was a fireman. I, I'm appalled by this. I mean, they could have just pulled him up and, and, and drove off. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, don't know why, what their, where their head was. How could they not see what was happening there? I mean, there were a bunch, there was literally a mob. By the way, your son's fast. I give him a lot of credit. He was, he's pretty quick. Um, but, I mean, he pulls up to a fire truck. You know, you would think that they had to protect and serve. And maybe, I, I, you know, I have so much faith in firemen. I was a little shocked. I, I was too. I mean, I, I, when I, I, I was when he got attacked the first time. I was getting attacked, going, trying to go back to the car, and all of a sudden I realized he's being attacked. And I look over there and I see, oh my god! And then I see him going to the fire truck. I'm like, hey, good, 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 go to the fire truck. And then the fire truck runs by, and he keeps on running. I mean, I'm horrified. Yeah. By the way, you should be proud. Also, your son cares about his country. He's interested in the political system. I mean, he went to hear a presidential candidate. I don't know if you went with him. Did you? Yeah, yeah, we went there together. I mean, I heard about it on the radio the day before. I, I texted him. I said, hey, do you want to go to the truck rally? He said, well, is Mr. Trump going to be there? And I said, yeah. He said, absolutely, let's go. Yeah. He was, he was excited to go. So where were you when all this was happening? Well, we were walking back to the car. Someone stole his hat. I tried to get the hat back from the guy who stole his hat. All my son wanted when we went to the rally. The first thing he said, hey, can we get a hat? And I said, yeah. sure. So this guy takes his hat. I go to get his hat. And my, while, while my back's turned to him trying to get this hat back, all this starts happening. Right. And then all of a sudden I look, and he's gone. They're ripping my – I had about five different Trump signs. They start ripping them up, ripping them out of my hands, spitting on me. So I'm already preoccupied, and all of a sudden I get done with them. I look over, and he's running for his life. And what did you do at that point? I just tried to chase him down the best I could, but the mob people, it's hard to get anywhere. And then finally once he um, he got through the, the police line, and there's a picture showing a, a police officer that they say went out of the police line to help him. Well, that's totally false. He didn't get help until after he was past the police line. Unbelievable. I went to the police line to see if he's okay, and they wouldn't let me through. Let me ask you what you're going to do in terms of the city, because I read the comments of your dopey mayor, and I, I was stunned. He didn't put the blame where it properly belongs on the people that were part of the mob and involved in the mob and involved in the violence. Um, and from what I understand, the police were cordoned off far away from where the trouble was for a while. Well, that's true, too. And also, we parked on the... Um the west end of the convention center. We were forced to go out the east end of the convention center, go two blocks away from our car, then back around to the gauntlet of people. And every other time I've been to an event there, we've been able to get from the car to the convention center in the matter of, you know, two or 300 yards. And this way, we had to go way out of our way and through these people. 
even if they had a lack of officers to patrol the area, they could have made a safe cordon for us to get to the cars. So, in other words, the police saw what was unfolding, and they just stood back. They were standing yeah, they down. they actually made us go further out of our way, and we actually asked one officer, hey, how do we get to cars? And he points us, and, and what would have been the shortest way, we went over there, and another officer said, no, you guys can't go this way. You have to go around. So, in other words, they didn't protect you, and then it, was, it wasn't until after your son was chased down like this that they finally showed up, I guess, in a line, right? Well, they, they had lines all over the place, but he was, like I said, we had to go through, we had to pass the line where they were protecting people to get to the cars. Yeah, but wait a minute. So, but they, but they, wait, the police were down the block from where your son originally started his running. They saw the mob taking off. Don't they have an obligation to follow the mob? Well, I would agree. I mean, these guys are wearing riot gear and stuff, and you think they could help one kid who's out there running by himself. But obviously they, they couldn't. Are you going to sue the city? Um, we're, we're, uh, we're thinking about it. I mean, you know, I, I, just, I just don't want this to happen to anybody else again. You know what I would do? Uh, I'd sue the city. They have some nerve. Their job is to protect and serve. And I'm not well, blaming. I'm not blaming the officers. I actually think their, for their I, actions, for sure. I bet you they're deleting emails right now that told the police to stand down because I know every police officer I know would have gone to the support of your son. Everyone, well, and the and ones I, I know too, would have, would have done the same thing. So I bet you they were told by the city to stand down. That's my prediction. I don't know for sure. That's my guess. I, I would tend to agree with you. I don't know yeah. for sure, but that's my guess. Well, listen, I, I know your son. I mean, he probably doesn't love the idea of being on national TV every night, but, you know, tell him that he should be really proud of how he handled himself. He did exactly the right thing. Um, I went over the incident, actually, with my sensei, my, my martial arts teacher, and he was like, that kid was so smart. He did exactly the right thing. My My martial arts teacher wouldn't have fought those people. He would have taken off. He said that's the only thing you can do. And then at least if you yeah. take off, if you're pretty fast, then maybe you, if you do get stopped, you're only dealing with three people instead of 100 people, at least for a couple of, at least for a minute or something, you know. So he did yeah, exactly the right thing. You that. should be very proud of him. And uh, it's too bad that he has to go through this in America. I'm very sorry that he did. Uh, well, hopefully someone else will learn from it. Get a good lawyer. Sue that city. Okay, Sean. Thank you. All right. 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number. Now, I'm not blaming. I want to be very clear here. I don't think the cops did anything wrong. I guarantee you that somebody told those cops to stand down, and they saw this whole thing unfolding. Guarantee, right, Jason? You're shaking your head. Guaranteed. Yeah, and I believe the San Jose mayor employed that brilliant strategy employed by the Baltimore mayor to give the protesters their space. Yeah, let them vent. Let them burn half the city down, not the whole city. Oh, okay, that's a great idea. You don't want to make the rioters mad. Yeah, don't make them mad. Not that they're not mad already. Uh, Frank is in, uh, I guess, out of San Jose. How are you, uh, Frank? Welcome to the program. Hi, Sean. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Um, You know, I was at the event, and uh, we were just leaving and, uh, you know, the parking garage was right next door. Unfortunately, we were rerouted around the block straight into the arms of the uh, the awaiting uh, uh, demonstrators. And I was, me and my wife were, you know, not didn't have any gear on or anything unusual. But uh, out of nowhere, I get body slammed, my wife gets shoved. It was, uh, it was horrendous. And I, I mean, I... And, I and where, were the, where were the police... Where were they? They were right there. They were looking at us. They were watching the whole thing. Uh, unfortunately, they uh, whether they were given a stand down order or whatever, they just you know what I've heard from friends of mine were that they just were asked to uh, 
to uh, not escalate the situation. I was looking at the police going, what's with this? You know, I'm pointing at these guys, and they're just, they were just kind of motionless and emotionless. That, that, that doesn't sound like any cop I know. That sounds yeah. like cops were told not to do anything. That, exactly. I just, I, I know too many policemen. That's not what they do. Exactly. They, they did not get, not and you know what, and here's the problem. If they don't listen to the stand-down order, which I'm assuming happened, if they don't listen, then they're in big trouble. And they, exactly. Then they lose their job, their pension, everything else. What are they supposed to do at that point? You know, and I, I, I actually spoke to a, a cop friend of mine, and they said, you know what? Uh, oddly enough, many of many of us cops uh, just spoke to him last night. He said many of us are are Trump supporters, but uh, we just uh, we just kind of fell in line. So I think that's exactly. The so case, did the right? cop kind of confirm to you that there was a stand down order, or what? Uh, he didn't confirm that. He thinks number one, they really, really uh, that the, the the powers that be really messed up. That's the way he explained it. Yeah. I asked him, I did they stand down? He said not necessarily, but uh, they were just very very nervous about uh, escalating, quote unquote. Escalating. escalating if somebody, if an old uh, look, I don't. How old are you? I'm fifty five. If a 55-year-old guy, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm 54, so we're almost the same age. Yeah, you know, we almost have the same birthday, actually, I think. Is that right? Yeah, well, happy birthday when we get there. Thank um, you, thank you. Just, yeah. All right, so I'm a 54-year-old guy, but I practice martial arts, okay? I w- I'd be ready to roll with anybody. I practice getting hit. I mean, it's a very violent form of martial arts, and it's very aggressive. Okay, but the average person, all of my friends my age think I'm a nut because I because they see the black and blues all over me all the time. and like, what are you doing to your Yourself. I, I just well, like it. I like that rough and tumble. I always have as a kid. I played ice hockey. But the average 55-year-old guy is not ready to fight a bunch of young people. It's just not. No. And if the but cops no, see do, that, they need to step in. Absolutely. I mean, if my wife weren't there, uh, I mean, I'm 6'2", 240 pounds. I mean, he tried to body slam me. He fell, he, he, he fell across me and hit the wall. But I was ready to go at it. But there were about six other people ready uh, at the ready there to uh, to jump on me. So my wife started getting upset, crying, and we just we just walked away. No, I mean, you did 100% the right thing. There's, there is no option for anybody in that situation. And by the way, and if you're carrying a weapon, it's an even worse option. Right. Because, you know, you you may feel the need to protect your life. And, and now you have no cops there that are willing to step in and stop it. And you know, look. You know what? If they don't get a hold of these situations before we get to Cleveland and Philly, there's going to be there's going to be blood in the streets, and it's going to be ugly, and people are going to die. Agree with you more, Sean. Absolutely. It's going to be more it blood was, in the streets. There's the blood in the streets now. Yeah, it's not the America we're born in. I mean, it's ridiculous. All right. Anyway, I'm yeah. glad you're okay. You ought to. Why don't you put this man in contact with the father of this kid so that that's another witness that can testify when he sues the city? I think there ought to be a, a, a lawsuit by everybody that was betrayed by this city. You got Obama phone? Yes, everybody in Cleveland, low minority, got Obama phone. Keep Obama in president, you know? He gave us a phone. He gave you a phone. How do he give you a phone? You you sign up if you're you're on food stamps, you on social security, you got low income, you disability. Hey, I'm question. Okay, what's wrong with Romney again? Romney, he sucks. Wow. What a character that lady was back in the day. That was in 2012, 25 now till the top of the hour. Why are we playing that? Because the Obama phone program is back in the news. A federal subsidy known as the Obama phone or Obama net program could be losing, get this, nearly $500 million a year to fraud annually, according to a top Republican on the FEC, the Federal Communications, the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. Anyway, the commissioner 
made the accusation in a letter to the Universal Service Administration Company, referring to the FCC's Universal Service Fund, which provides the subsidy to telecom service to low-income consumers, the Obama phone. Anyway, the subsidy is limited to one per independent economic household, but the telecom companies have uh, the ability to override that restriction if applicants check a box stating they represent a separate household, even if they have the same address. Whoops, Obama phone fraud. And anyway, the uh, he pointed out that uh, data obtained by the FCC last month revealed that carriers had enrolled nearly 4.3 million subscribers. Wow, that's amazing. We're paying for the Obama phones. By the way, for the record, the Blaze had this up today, Tom Orr, the government's fight to avoid enforcing immigration laws. Yeah, that's happening. In other words, that's breaking the law. We have laws. Every time, for example, the government releases a convicted felon, illegal immigrant, that person should be deported. What do we do? We let them, even violent criminals, we let them back out on the street. It's insane. Want to hear more insanity about government spending? We're spending $20,000 to settle every Syrian refugee that our National Director of Intelligence, FBI Director, Assistant FBI Director, House Homeland Security Chairman, and the envoy, special envoy to defeat ISIS have all said that population will be infiltrated by ISIS. Oh, and by the way, don't worry about Republicans. Mitch McConnell, strong man that he is, has dropped every effort to defund Obamacare. But don't worry, he'll be critical of Donald Trump. Unbelievable. Uh, California, this was in GOP USA, has got an idea. Remember, they paid 13.5% state income tax. Now they want to extend Obamacare to illegal immigrants. That's right. Healthcare.gov says you do not have to be a U.S. citizen, a U.S. national, or lawfully present immigrant, uh, a lawfully present immigrant to qualify for health coverage, according to healthcare.gov. Says that undocumented immigrants are not eligible to buy health insurance through the marketplace, but the issue has now been raised a lot in recent days as a bill before Governor Jerry Brown would allow people who are in the country illegally to buy private health insurance on the state exchange in violation of the law. The laws mean anything? Oh, I've got other good news too today. We've got the Obama administration. Well, they've just released another 12 detainees from Gitmo that have launched attacks against the United States or allied forces in Afghanistan, people that have killed at least a half a dozen Americans, according to current and former U.S. officials. By the way, 40% of those have been confirmed to go right back to the battlefield to kill again. Very smart indeed. Let's see. Oh, America, by the way, is now drowning in credit card debt, and student loan debt is now at a, at a historic high, $1.3 trillion in student loan debt. Anyway, American taxpayers are quick to criticize the federal government for increasing the national debt. But 2016, we're going to end the year with a record high. Get this, American consumers, $1 trillion in outstanding balances. You know why? Because median income is down. You want to know why? Because all these people out of the labor force and in poverty and on food stamps that can't get jobs, there's no ladder up anymore thanks to eight years of socialism, statism, redistributionism and uh, Obamaism didn't work out too well did it all right 800-941-SHAWN is a number you want to be a a part of the program let's go to Sharon is in Michigan 
Michigan could be a state in play, perhaps, for Donald Trump. How are you, Sharon? Glad you called. Thank you for taking my call, Sean. Um, I just wanted to make a comment about the fact that uh, it seems like a lot of the Republican establishment is not supporting Donald Trump, and it seems like they want to tear him down. Um, I sense that they really just want to see him fail so they can have the kind of I told you so moment. And I'm thinking to myself, where are all these people going to be if we end up with Hillary as our new president and we suddenly have a, a court, a Supreme Court full of liberal judges and, you know, all of the things that the uh, Democrats stand for are in play. And now I am getting very I I, I'll tell you, my patience is running so thin on this. If leaders in the Republican Party continue to openly sabotage Donald Trump's chances, even though he won a record number of votes by far in any Republican primary, I think I may now start openly supporting their opponents in the election, both primary and maybe maybe I'll even support Democrats. And I'm talking about people like Paul Ryan, Lindsey Graham and the rest of them. I'm sick of all of them. There are a bunch of sore loser babies out there that can't take the fact that they lost and that their establishment figures lost. And that what they're really feeling is that everything that they have known in politics, the incestuous relationship with either the media and special interest groups and and the Democrats and the good old boy system potentially could be blown to smithereens. (laughs) Not literally, by the way. But, the, but it can be shattered by an outsider who says, no, we're not going to play this game anymore. Yep. And you know what? It's, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, my patience is running very thin here. I don't have much more room for any more of these. You know, what bothers me is they're fighting Trump harder than they ever fought Obama. They enabled the entire Obama agenda. They, I agree. Every time there was a real moment to stand up, they backed down. They cowered. They they capitulated. They gave in. And now all of a sudden they're big and mean and tough because they're fighting a fellow Republican that actually wants to build a wall, eliminate Obamacare, make us energy independence, you know, build up our military and balance a budget. Tell me the logic in that, because I don't understand it. There is no logic. And so you could I couldn't have said it any better. That's exactly the way I feel. And, you know, uh, Trump wasn't my original pick. He wasn't who I was looking at. I actually started off looking at Jeb Bush, and then I switched over and started yeah. looking at Ted Cruz. Listen, a lot, of, there were, there were a lot of people yeah. that were disappointed. I understand it. I'm kind of glad I stayed out of it from the beginning. I yeah. said from the beginning, I said in 2015 at CPAC, and I said in 2016 at CPAC, I'll support the winner, and I'll let the people decide. And the people spoke loudly, and I'm enthusiastic. I think Donald Trump... I think the people were wise. I think they figured out that Donald Trump probably has the capacity, the potential to win in states where other Republicans may not have been able to play well. That's true. Uh-huh. We lost with Romney. Yeah. All right. Thank <laughs> you, know, you, We Sharon. had an establishment camp, uh, yeah. candidate, and we lost. And we had Dole, and we had McCain, too. Michael, thank you, Sharon. Michael is in uh, Springfield, Missouri. What's up, Michael? How are you? Glad you called. I'm well. How are you, sir? I'm good, sir. Good. Uh, I had a question. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of people that don't like Trump and a lot of people that don't like Hillary. Is there a chance that a third party would actually be a viable option this year? 
I don't think so. Out. I mean, you got the Libertarian candidate. I think you got a Green Workers Party candidate, some lady I never heard of before. Um, I don't think it's going to impact the election much at all. I, I would argue that a vote. By the way, Gary Johnson, this liber- it's, it's almost hilarious how, what are we going to give heroin to 10-year-olds and it'll be legal? It's so stupid, some of their positions. It's ridiculous. And the representatives of true libertarianism, I, I'll tell you who's one of the best representatives, and he was whining about me the other day, and somebody sent me a tape as our old buddy Neil Bortz. You know, he says, Hannity won't let me fill in because I'm too controversial. I said, Neil, you're too full of yourself. Get over yourself. I, you're one of my best friends, but I'm like, and then he said he ran me out of Atlanta to the Fox News channel. I'm like, good grief, this guy has no, no sense of proportionality in life. But anyway, I love Neil, but he represents libertarianism in a way that is far more rational than Gary Johnson. I mean, I never saw a more boring, dull candidate that is probably is incapable of getting 2% of the vote at the end of the day. Uh, thank you. Let's go to uh, Denise in Texas. Hi, Denise. How are you? We're glad you called. Hello, Mr. Sean. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. Long time uh, listener. Thank you. First time caller, and I really admire you. God all your hard you. work. Thank and you. You're such a handsome, handsome man. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Hang on a second. You can repeat that. Did, now, let me ask you a question. Well, you don't have HDTV, do you? Yes, I do. 1080, HD, everything. <laughs> 3D, 3D as well. Well, you know they put a lot of makeup on my face for TV, right? And you well, know, sure. and you know they hide well. my fat stomach with a big jacket, right? Breaking That's news awesome. now. All right. That's your handsome face, not, oh, your, you're, not the rest of it. You're very um, sweet. Thank you. You made my day. <laughs> Good. Um, well, I just wanted to say um, I'm a strong uh, Trump supporter, have been since day one. I've always admired Trump as well, not for his uh, looks like, his good looks like you, but um, I have, um, even when he makes his comments, I just um, I just hope that everyone just stays positive and just does not waffle like he doesn't waffle. He does not backtrack, and that's what I, I love about the man. Um, we need somebody who is strong and sticks to the word, and that is why he's always won since day one, because of, of the person he is. And um, the, day he, uh, the day he mentioned Mexican to the judge, Correa, um, I'm as well Mexican, but um, it, I did not feel that it was derogatory in any kind of way. All he was saying was, and even the way he said it, I didn't think it was offensive at all and all the mexicans i know that are still trump supporters will always be trump supporters and um did not feel like it was in in any kind of negativity towards the race i gotta tell you something i find it refreshing you know how many times you know you're raising a good point denise i have defended on this program i said many times bill maher who I can't stand. I don't like anything about him. I don't like his show. I don't like him. Personally, I don't agree with anything he says. But I say Bill Maher is good for America. Why would I say that? Because he says irreverent things and he stays on TV. That's a good thing. I'm tired of everybody couching what they feel and how they think. And Donald Trump said the other day to these panicked, weak, you know, weak in the knees, spineless Republicans, he said, man up. You know, the idea that Trump is now going to change into a more election conscious congressional uh, candidate, it's not going to happen. So just expect the fact 
that this is going to be a different time and a different year and political correctness. That ceiling hopefully is being shattered and we can speak a little more truth and uh, and everybody can have their point of view and, and we'll get over it. Well, I don't think people are as offended at words as they act like they are. I think people, they they act outraged if it fits a political agenda, but I don't think they're really outraged. Does that make sense? Just the left taking it and running with it like they do with everything, which is fine. But I just I just want to make sure your listeners know um, we need to still stand totally positive. Don't lose faith and uh, in President Trump. And I know he will win. And that's when things will just be so much better. Uh, right now, we're kind of in a hellhole, but um, we are hopefully going to get out in November. So we shall see. All right, Denise. God bless you. Thank you for calling. You made my day today. You know, since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, they have been committed to improving the lives of Americans, vets, first responders, and their families. Now, for over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Now, Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children. They build specially adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured vets and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. Now, Dave Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. Now, he has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades in arms, nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting our vets, first responders, and their families, and there are so many of them that need our help. Please join the foundation on their mission to do good and never forget. Just commit $11 a month. You can do it by going to their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. That's the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.